Welcome to Christ Covenant Chapel Podcast with Reverend Kingsley Ayesu. We are a Bible-believing church with a sole purpose of positively impacting our generation. We are elated that you joined us. Wherever you're connecting from, we believe your life will not be the same. Now, let's tune in to today's life-changing message. Hello, friends. This is Pastor King. What a joy to be with you. Thanks for meeting here once again and allowing me into your space while we do life together. I hope you are being blessed by the content we share on this platform. This is Valentine's week, the week of love. For obvious reasons, I thought it makes sense for us to talk about love. George Matheson was only 15 when he was told that he was losing the little eyesight he had. Not to be denied, Matheson immediately continued with his plans to enroll at the University of Glasgow, and this determination led to his graduation at age 19. However, as he pursued his graduate studies in theology for Christian ministry, he became blind. His sisters joined ranks beside him learning Greek and Hebrew to assist him in his studies. In spite of this obstacle, he faithfully pressed on. Along the way though, George's spirit collapsed when his fiancée, unwilling to be married to a blind man, broke off their engagement and returned his ring. He never married, and the pain of that rejection never left him. Years later, as a well-beloved preacher in Scotland, his sister came to him announcing her engagement. He rejoiced with her, but his mind went back to his own heartache. He consoled himself, thinking of God's love which is never limited, never conditional, never withdrawn, and never uncertain. Out of this experience, He wrote the hymn, and I quote, O love, that will not let me go. He said, O love, that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I owe thee back the life I owe, that in their ocean depths it flow, may richer, fuller be. It doesn't do any good to talk about love and compassion without demonstration. Love is not perfection. It is acceptance. It extends from mercy and grace. Relationships, I have said over and over, relationships do not thrive because the guilty offender is sorry, but because the offended is merciful. Friends, whenever you realize that the body of Christ is not working, when you realize the church is not working, when you realize that marriages and relationships are not working, it is mostly a love problem. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul writes and says, he reminds us that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, love, power, and a sound mind 
are interconnected. I have checked the scriptures and I've realized that there is nothing God does without his love. When you take love from God, he ceases to be God. He's no longer God. God is eternal. Therefore, love is eternal. God does not just love. God is love. God's actions are enveloped in love. Therefore, all our deeds and actions are worthless before God if they are not predicated upon love. If love is not the basis of our needs, our actions become hypocrisy and deceit. Jesus said to the disciples in John 13, 34 and 35, he said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that also you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He said, people will know we are his disciples when we love one another, not when we cast out demons or raise the dead or heal the sick. He said, I have given you a blueprint and an example. Love as I have loved you. The first thing I want us to consider today is that God's love is undeserving. Who said you have to deserve what God gives you? God loves to use the used stuff that men have dropped, stepped upon, discarded, and kicked around. He is willing to patiently sift through the dirt and shame to find people that men have overlooked, that men have passed over and looked down on because he loves to exalt the humble to confuse the wise. I may be offending the sensitivity of some of you, but please excuse us, all you arrogant saints who don't understand why we look at life differently. Because we have more broken pieces than what you have. For those of you who have a picture-perfect life, you don't understand what brokenness and letdown and disappointments are. As a result, you can't shout like the way some of us shout. There are some of you who know that the glue that has kept your life together is not your degree, nor your intellect, and, and it has nothing to do with your finances. It is only the blood of Jesus and the love of Jesus that has kept you together. So to all my broken comrades, do not wave the white flag of, of surrender and quit anytime you face a storm. Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady, said, Sometimes you need to fight a battle more than once to win. Making a mistake doesn't make you a mistake. Making a mistake does not make you a failure. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Falling down doesn't make you a failure. We all do fall. But staying there is what makes you a failure. The psalmist said, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall rise again. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The Bible says the righteous may fall seven times and he will rise again. I am a soldier in the army of the Lord, the songwriter said. And he said, when the soldier falls down in the army of the Lord, he will rise again. Rise again, soldier. 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. We cannot qualify for God's love. We simply do not deserve it and we certainly cannot earn it. God's love is undeserving. Number two, God's love is desperately needed. God's love is personal. It causes us to know him and him knowing us. The love of God is one of the greatest realities of the universe. A pillar upon which the hope of the world rests. But it is a personal and an intimate thing too. God doesn't love populations. He loves people. He does not love masters, but men. One of the most powerful messages we can take to people to impact their lives is that God loves them. G.K. Chesterton said, All people matter. You matter. I matter. And it is the hardest thing in theology to believe. Some of us don't even love ourselves. So we wonder, how can such a holy, mighty, great God love us? In Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, the master said, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more you are of more value than many sparrows. He knows about sparrows and my hair. Ladies and gentlemen, he did not say he has counted the hair on your head. He said he has numbered them. Wow. St. Augustine puts it this way. He loves each one of us as if there were only one of us. My final point, God's love is proved. God proved his love when he sent his only begotten son to come and die for you and I. Love is not entirely about how you feel, but what we do. How we treat people during the darkest moment of their lives is a benchmark of humanity and love. I believe it was Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. Michael Jordan is one of the greatest basketball players. For those of you who are not familiar with basketball, I, I consider him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And he was coached by Phil Jackson in Chicago when he played for the Chicago Bulls. And whenever Michael Jordan made a winning shot, His coach, Phil Jackson, walks away like nothing happened. But when he misses a winning shot, Phil Jackson then puts his arm around him and walks him out of the stadium. Michael Jordan said, you hate me. He looked at his coach one day and said, you hate me. When I make a winning shot, the whole stadium cheers me on. You walk away like nothing happened. But when I miss the winning shot, then you come and you put your arms around me in my shame. Phil Jackson said to Michael, I do not hate you. When you miss a shot, that is when you need me most. When you miss a shot, the whole stadium works away like you do not exist. And that is when you need me the most. A friend once said to me, When opportunity comes to show love, don't miss it. Because if you do, 
you will miss it for life. Love requires action. It's demonstrated through behavior and actions. Beloved, let us love one another according to John 4, 7-8. He said, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In 1 John 4, 7-8. Again in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 through 12, John writes, he says, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Again in 1 John 4, 20 and 21, he says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Let me share a story with you. The story is told of Jim Baker. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give you the details of this story. But Jim Baker was one of the finest preachers America has ever produced. After the sad story of the 80s had broken and he was sent to prison, after cleaning the latrines one day, a guard came to him and said, Someone is here to see you. Jim Baker said, No, I don't want to see anyone. The guard said, No, I think you want to see this man. He said, I'm filthy. The guard said, that's all right. You may go and change. And as Jim Baker was going to change, he said to himself, no, this is what has happened to me. This is who I am now. And with all the stink from the splashes of the water from the toilet and all the tragedy that has befallen him, he looks at himself, embarrassed, and puts the broom and the mop down. And as he walked into the waiting room, he was stunned when he saw Billy Graham standing there. Billy took three steps toward him, wrapped his arms around him, and embraced him. Jim Baker said, I wept like a little child, realizing that my name symbolized all that was corrupt to society, whilst Billy Graham's name symbolized all that was pure to society and I was being held in the embrace of a man who was pure. Ladies and gentlemen, if that human acceptance does so much for you and me, think of what it is when God himself puts his arms around you and I and says, Welcome home! What manner of love is this? It is the love of God. It is God's love. And no other love can be defined until that love has properly been understood. As I wrap up this week, I want to indulge you for a moment. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please say this short prayer with me. 
Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin and recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer to me because of your great love, not because of anything I have done. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and as Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me live for you and with you in control. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Friend, if you said the prayer, please find a Bible-believing church to attend. If you are ever in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, come on and fellowship with us at 5452 DuPont Avenue North in Brooklyn Center, and God will bless you. Before I sign off, remember that God loves you undeservedly, unconditionally, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Until we meet again, keep on keeping on. I will see you at the top, for that is where you belong. Shalom. Thank you for connecting with us today. For more of this content, be sure to subscribe, share, and comment. Engage with us at Christ Covenant Chapel on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Join us same time next week on our next episode.